Hello and welcome to Reenergize. This is the place to discover more about emerging tech in offshore renewables and how we will meet our future energy needs. My name is Johnny Love, Project Manager at ORE Catapult and Shadow Board Member at Renewable UK. At the Catapult, we connect agile technology developers, academics and industry players working to accelerate the UK's wind, wave and tidal energy sectors. This is the next episode in our mini-series of Reenergize SME Spotlight. In the run-up to the offshore wind industry's largest event in the UK, Global Offshore Wind, we're shining the spotlight on 10 innovative SMEs that we're proud to host on our pavilion stand at the event. In each episode, we'll learn more about the innovative solutions each company is bringing to the offshore renewable energy market and explore a wider industry topic. In this episode, I'm joined by some of the SMEs on our pavilion who focus on the development of data analytics and management solutions and also robust 5G connectivity at sea to support the offshore wind sector. I'm here with Bill Slatter, CEO from 11i, Philip Bradstock, Director of Bitbloom, and James Thomas, CEO and founder at Jet Engineering System Solutions. Okay, thanks everyone for joining us today. To start off, I'd like to learn a little more about your companies, please, and what your elevator pitch to our listeners would be. So who would like to go first on that one, if you just introduce yourself and then uh, talk about your company? So I'm Philip Bradstock from Bitbloom. At Bitbloom, we empower owners and operators of wind farm assets to make the most of their data. And we, we do this through a variety of software products and services, a particular aspect of our company is that we offer a glass box approach. So we, that means that we allow customers more visibility and transparency of the analytics um, that's going in to analyze their data. So our lab and I provide sensor systems as well as an analysis and visualization suite to help wind turbine owned OEMs to better understand their wind turbine blades. We aim to be practical and faster fit during the manufacture and on be able to be retrofitted well up tower and provide reliable data, which gives information on blade performance and condition 24-7, no matter what the weather. We also want to be able to provide an appropriately priced system to allow fleet rollout, rather than just for special cases, which is currently just the case, to provide an instrumentation for blades as standard. Oh, fantastic. I'm James Thomas. I'm CEO of Jet Engineering System Solutions. We're building 5G bowies. Uh, we think 5G Boy is the only solution that really enables a smarter, more secure, sustainable operation at sea. Uh, so we're using it to build a, a floating 5G network. Excellent. Thank you, James. And then we'll go back to Philip, please, if we may, just to tell us a little bit more, if you can, about the technology, more the solution, I guess, that you're, you're developing and offering industry. W- what challenge the industry has does this address in particular, in your view? We have various products and services that focus on a deeper analytics for the industry. So whereas there's a lot of solutions out there at the moment, um, typically called second layer SCADA systems that are good at collecting the data, the level of data analytics that they do is fairly light to sort of do some basic data analytics. But we've developed some products and services that really sort of extend on that and provide more sort of technical in-depth analytics and also really allow the the users to customize the data analytics and extend them themselves if they want to. One of our products is SIFT, which is a a desktop-based visualization tool. So this is for technical experts who really want to dig deeper into their data and understand the performance of their wind turbines and, and how they are 
relating to each other and really sort of dig into the data to really sort of understand how their turbines are operating. Extending from that, we have our SIF monitor platform, which rather than a retrospective analysis is more for live monitoring and running daily or weekly analytics on the data that's coming in from the wind farm and ultimately disseminating those findings and those analytics to the stakeholders of the wind farm. And then we have a new product now in its pizza phase, which is very much focused on machine learning and allowing users to easily iterate on machine learning models on their wind farm operational data and also allowing that process of building in all the cleaning and deployment of that so that they can easily now deploy machine learning models into a full pipeline on real operational data. That's great, Philip, thank you. And would you mind just sharing a little bit about the company's journey so far, You know where you've come from, relevant experience and, and what the future looks like for you? So we originally um, came out of, of two companies that merged. So I um, set up a company with an ex-colleague. I have 10 years or more experience in the wind energy industry. And I, I set up with someone else to provide software services to wind energy because we felt that there was a lack of crossover between software expertise and wind energy expertise in the industry. And then in 2019, we merged the company with another, Stefan Lindell's company. And this was a company providing software products. And so we decided to join forces to really advance these software products and build them together. So we started this new company, Bitbloom, in the end of 2019. And we've grown since then to develop and increase the software product offering we have. And now we have four gigawatts of wind energy assets under live monitoring. James, if I may come to you, just to share the same, please. So what's the technology or solution, would you say, that you're developing at Jet Engineering System Solutions? And what industry challenge does that address? We're developing high-speed connectivity because until you've started to put your offshore wind turbines in, there's often a lack of comms actually that exists in the field. So whilst you're going through that maintenance, survey, installation, commissioning phase, we've recognised that a lot of those operations are running without communications. So the piece that's really exciting for us is we're, we're not only just doing the communications phase, but we've got the ability to host data, gatherings, um, sensors on our platforms as well. So we can actually make that whole operation more efficient, but actually at the same time, provide some insight into what's going on as well. So silly things like accelerometers or wind sensors, but actually when you put quite a lot of them together, it gets quite a lot of really exciting data that can help feed sort of other people's models and form the consenting process and a lot of that other piece be the early stage rollout of offshore wind. Could you share a little bit about the company journey, please? How have things started and, and how are they going now? So we're just about 18 months old as a company and it started off as sort of a bit of an evenings and weekends uh, thing, a bit of a hobby really until October last year. So we're not really that far into the journey, but we raised around a million pounds of funding last year. And um, we've already started this year with about another million of funding um, to date. So we, we've really got quite a lot of trajectory and a, a lot of growth going on. I think we've currently got a plan to put in about another 16 heads across the business this year alone. And we were already at 12, including our NEDs. It's a, a massively exciting journey. And I think what's been great is we've got to take a lot of people that joined us early on, which were often quite junior in career, on that career journey with us. So one of our team men was working at Butchers and we gave them an opportunity and they've taken that and been on the BBC now. They've, they've really rolled with the opportunities. They presented it at the UK 5G conference in front of a government minister. And you're like, okay, six months ago, you're in a butcher's. How great is it to actually show real sort of team development and to that level? It's not just that person. It's two or three that have also come on a similar journey. 
And I think that's the really great bit about being in sort of the startup and this acceleration phase is you can give people a chance and see where you can get to. Bill, could you tell us a bit more then about the technology or the, the solution that you're developing? You touched on already, but what industry challenge does it really look to address? So our ambition is to reduce the cost and skills required to fit a sensor system, primarily to wind turbine blades, but it can also be used on other wind turbine components. The reduction cost and skill requirement uh, should drive further adoption of systems so we can provide a richer data set of sensor data, which we can use to reduce the OM burden on wind turbine stakeholders and increase the AEP and hopefully inform for lifetime extension of wind turbines, which is obviously a big goal for the moment. Our system is an accelerometer-based sensor solution, and we've spent a lot of time trying to provide an elegant and expandable back-end to deal with the data that these sensors produce. The way we've built it allows us to basically expand this almost infinitely and provide a, a secure and robust solution to make sure that the stakeholders get the information that they need. The use of accelerometer over traditionally used strain gauges allows us to reduce the expertise required to fit a blade sensor system. This was driven by my own frustration during early projects I undertook. For me to fit third-party systems took a very long time and never quite fitted the bill. So we started making our own hardware. And then we started to look at how we can use that sensor data and provide the analysis suite to turn that data into the useful data for the customer. We aim to address the OM challenges the industry faces. There are met lots of high-profile blade and rotor failures and we hope to be able to reduce and understand the cause of these. You started to touch on this actually when you talked about your background but what's the company's journey been like so far? How did it start and and how's it going? So the 11i journey began when I was contracted to um, provide a transport monitoring system for a prototype wind turbine blade which was being transported from the factory to the test facility. That was back in 2015. And through the contacts that we got through that job, we started looking at using sensor systems to um, assess the consistency of wind turbine blades. And through speaking to the engineers, we understood that there was actually a, a glaring hole in the instrumentation of wind turbine blades. So through the interaction with these engineers and the realization that there was a case for blade sensors, we started to look at how we could get sensors on spinning wind turbine blades. And that was a goal us that we managed to fulfill last year in 2021 we managed to get our first system out there onto a prototype turbine the journey to get to that was fairly low and slow and arduous in 2019 we actually formed the current iteration of 11i with five founders made up of mostly engineers and like-minded folk and we've expanded the team since then and actually undertaken some projects outside of wind which was not our ambition but we actually undertook a a sizable project looking at the uh, condition monitoring of small module reactor components and that was very interesting but it was more straightforward because small module reactors don't move quite as much as wind turbines. So moving on to a wider industry topic that we'd like to discuss today, offshore renewable energy assets are abundant producers of big data and all of this data presents huge opportunities for project owners and operators to aid complex decision making. But one of the industry's key hurdles is a lack of specialist data analytics, uh, artificial intelligence and the expertise to exploit it. So in your views, what are the biggest challenges that the offshore wind industry must overcome to successfully exploit this data management and the analytics to its full potential? Who wants to uh, tackle that one first? Yeah, I can go. So what I've seen from uh, my experience in the last few years in the industry actually is that there's 
a lot of good research, machine learning and data analytics that has gone on in isolation. Perhaps what's lacking is more the data engineering or, or some full data pipeline side. So I think from customers we talk to, there's a lot of companies that have a huge abundance of data from their wind energy assets, but they haven't quite got it organized yet, or they haven't quite worked out how to put this all together and have that system actually working and giving them value, telling them about the performance of their assets on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And so I think the main challenges there are the sort of data engineering aspects to bring this data together and set up the system so that they, they can process this data automatically and then apply all this great research that's already demonstrated the powers of machine learning and, and data analytics. And I think one thing we have to remember is it's not just the clever algorithms as well. There's also some more basic parts that also need to be done automatically. And these are things like data cleaning and data organization. And those are also essential parts of the puzzle. And, and these will have to be put together and delivered in a live and automated fashion. You've got a really great point there, Philip. I think that the live piece is so critical. Uh, and I think that's where we can potentially look at how we impact and empower organizations such as yourselves. By having real-time live 5G, you get the access to that data rather than we've got to go and download this, send it quite slowly over satcoms and, and some of those things that currently happen. And I think that's really empowers the industry to start to make the most of that data is actually being able to connect it and get it accurately in live because it's all well and good having the, the knowledge that something's failed after the event, but you want it almost as it's starting to fail. So you can do that predictive maintenance piece. You can do all those real powerful use cases to extend the life of your assets. I suppose that's probably one of the massive drivers of data is the extension of life of assets and the efficiency of the assets, which is clearly going to need real-time problems to, to deliver that. As far as we're concerned, there are many hurdles for people coming up with solutions. The lack of stakeholders willing to take a chance and a previously unproven in the field technology makes things difficult. We actually ended up building a small-scale turbine which we could use to show potential customers our system and analysis methods and this actually proved enough to get us to get an OEM to give us a try and we owe a lot to this little plywood model. Another thing that we were very aware of is the fact that most operators have had their chosen methods for visualizing data. We need to be able to work with that system and make sure that we have an API to allow the output from our system to be brought into a customer's chosen method. Nobody wants to be forced to look at multiple dashboards for critical information Thank you, Jens. That's really insightful and leads on quite nicely to my next question. Why is data access or data understanding and management such a crucial area to get right? And what happens if we get it wrong? I think it's really important to, to have access to it and understanding of it because it's all in good having all this data and we're, we're going to enable people to have access to the data. But unless people actually do something there and understand it and, and use it in a way that's empowering, it's just going to be a, another source of something that no one actually looks at. There's a lot of data that we could look at, but actually what's the benefit of it? What does it actually mean and what's the value of it? I think Philip's probably far more clued on to the value of data than, than ourselves. We're, we're just empowering the communication of it to let someone else then go and, and build some real value out of the use case of it. I think it's interesting because if you'd asked this question a year ago, the typical line here was that, in a post-subsidy world in wind farm or wind energy, it's a post-subsidy world and, and therefore this is giving much smaller profit margins. And we had to put a lot more work into making sure these wind turbines and wind farms are profitable. And that means one or 2% in the annual energy yield can make that sort of critical difference. And using data to analyze that is a really important part of that to get the amount of downtime 
down, get the amount of underperformance down so that we maximize the energy produced. Now with the current sort of gas and electricity prices, story is slightly different, but it's still the same in that uh, just a couple of percent in annual energy yield, this makes a huge difference to your bottom line because now electricity is so valuable. And so ultimately, analyzing data is very important for that final bit of annual energy yield. We have to consider with wind turbines relative to, say, something like a gas turbine, where you have a very good idea of the amount of fuel that's going in, and therefore you can easily detect how well your gas turbine is performing. Wind turbines are very different because the fuel is a much more complex substance and it's not very well measured. So you've got the wind speed, but it's also sort of turbulence of the wind and the shape of the wind as you go up the wind shear. And all of these things make it actually quite difficult to detect the performance of wind turbines. And therefore this needs some more expert data analytics to understand those last few percent of performance we're often missing out from wind turbines. So you've highlighted to me quite well, I think, the importance of this and getting things right. How well do you think this is articulated and understood across the industry? My question to you would be, do you think more should be done to raise the importance of data management up the agenda of different stakeholders within the offshore wind industry? feels like from the more public perspective, there's been such a focus on the, on the installation and so much less focus on actually the operational running and the efficiencies piece. I would hope that over the next few years, we started to move into a phase where that was higher up the agenda. Now we're starting to really ramp up the amount that's actually operating currently. I think that will have a massive impact on the sector in terms of how much data we're going to want and knowing the the small efficiencies makes such a huge difference to the end power produced. From my side, so I've seen in in my area of the industry, definitely a huge buzz and a huge hype of everything data can do. And and there's now tons of small companies and startups saying they can do this and that with data. and, And there's a huge kind of hype and buzz about it. But I think for various reasons, the owners of the data who should be buying these services haven't yet fit onto that too much. And I think there's sort of various reasons for this. And I think it goes back to what I was saying before about the challenges over data engineering and and getting their data in order, in order to be able to use some of these. So some of the outcomes look very powerful, but perhaps some companies don't feel they're quite ready to get value from that. So I think perhaps what's needed to really sort of disseminate the value of data analytics to the industry is perhaps some use cases that run end-to-end and are providing very clear value to them and something that they can implement in the short medium term because often companies don't look as long term as we might think they are some clear use cases that provide value in in the short medium term and then we can grow on that build on that to do more advanced uh, machine learning and so on completely agree with those points gents there's plenty to be done i think to improve the uh standing of data and what we can do with it up the agenda but um completely appreciate there's a number of hurdles that still need to be overcome the fact that there are so many stakeholders and their their interests differ slightly and can make things quite difficult but the reality is is that all of them should be taking note of the data that is available to them and more data is better it's about trying to present that in an understandable way to those stakeholders and not just flooding them with data that they don't know what it means James, if I may come to you specifically and um, your view as CEO of uh, Jet Engineering, why 5G? What's wrong with existing methods? Data is being from offshore. 
but why do we need innovation in this area? Absolutely brilliant question. Thanks so much. I think one of the things within this is that we are amassing such an amount of big data now that we can no longer rely on some of the traditional routes. We've also got the need to segregate different data sources between operators, maintainers, and look at the, each of the, the routes back to the, the land on that. One of the things is with this big data comes big bandwidth, and that's why we think 5G's got a really powerful point to play within the growing sector. That's the main piece from ourselves is the enabling bigger data to be quicker and in real time back to shore. It's clear to me that the importance of the data that wind turbines produce these days is, is high up there and those in charge should be taking note that there are so many opportunities surrounding um, the exploitation of that data to improve efficiencies or reduce downtime. But it strikes me that accessing or even uh, harvesting that data in the first place is a challenge. That's How are right. you overcoming that, Bill, at 11i? We've got to have multiple methods of getting our data from wind turbines. Currently, we're only fitted onto onshore turbines, but even that can present a problem because of the willingness of customers to allow us into their data systems. So a system like Jess Engineering's, where we can actually get data from offshore turbines, is incredibly interesting to us. It is a struggle, and we are able to use various different methods so ideally we can tag straight into whatever the turbines data system is if not we will offer onshore we'll try to use either a mobile phone or mobile data sim or if that doesn't work then we'll try and use satellite but the 5g solution by jet engineering sounds like an incredibly sensible solution so we're just about to finish up on today's sme spotlight for our data related SMEs, but I want to tie into Global Offshore Wind, the conference that's coming up on the 21st and 22nd of June. What are you most looking forward to at the conference and what are you hoping to get out of it? I'm sure that most people agree it'll be great to actually meet some of the people we've, we've talked through through our computers in person. I also really look forward to looking at some of the new technologies that are presented at the show and yeah, hopefully make some new contacts. So really excited to be back at shows and actually meeting some of the customers and stakeholders face to face. It's going to be really nice to actually sort of get to meet people and decide, oh, you're actually substantially taller in real life than I was expecting, you know. One of the things I found when the first time I met some, some people has been, so you're five foot two, I thought you were like six foot four, and all those weird moments, but I'm going to really look forward to them and, and make sure I'm here with a couple of people to say thanks for that, their help and support. Definitely echo those thoughts as well. For us, it's, it's just so exciting to be back out there in the physical world and meeting new people to talk about industry problems and our products and our services, people who I would have never had the chance to come across in this online world that we've been living in for the last two years, which is, has been naturally much more closed. Just the opportunity to meet random people and, and talk about industry problems is just a great opportunity to do that and looking forward to it so much. Bill, Philip and James, thank you for taking part in this SME Spotlight episode of Reenergize for Global Offshore Wind. Make sure you tune in to the next episode in the mini-series where we shine the spotlight on another one of our SMEs at this year's Pavilion. In the meantime, listeners can find more about ORE Catapult activities at ore.catapult.org.uk and don't forget to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at ORE Catapult. Thank you.